Hey, Moving Forward listeners, if writing a book is one of your big goals this year, then join me for my next writing and self-publishing course through the Johns Hopkins Odyssey program, which starts March 28th and runs for six weeks. The class will cover everything from structure to ideation to drafting methods to editing and the self-publishing process on KDP. I'll even teach you how to design your book covers, even if you don't have graphic design experience. The course is open to all with discounts for Hopkins alum. Space is limited, so sign up today and let's start moving forward on March 28th. Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 457. I hope everyone is having a great week. Hope you had a great Super Bowl Sunday if you watched the game uh, and a good Valentine's Day, which uh, was just yesterday. Uh, Well, not yet as I'm recording this episode. All right. I want to welcome any new listeners to the podcast. Do check out the trailer which is episode 000 on the different syndicated channels like Spotify or Apple. That'll give you a background on Moving Forward. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, let me just give you a little breakdown. Moving Forward started out as a series of interviews, and it has evolved over time. It is now a solo podcast with occasional conversations. I have collections of episodes. I've done seasons which were collections of what I call mini-series on different topics. And this year, I'm continuing on, as I've done over the past year or so, just mixing different topics, some solo episodes. I do updates on prior mini-series, such as Poshmark. Uh, And today will actually be an extension of one that I've done in the past. And um, otherwise, some are standalone and... um, There's a little of something for everybody. So I recommend check out the trailer. That'll give you a roadmap. And as you look at the podcast, as you look at all the different seasons, I'm now on season 11, you can create your own moving forward journey. You don't have to listen to the episodes in sequential order. You can pick and choose the episodes that speak to you. It may be some of you want to learn about a particular subject. You should be able to tell if they're related based off of the title. I title the episodes uh, nowadays based off of topics and uh, or if you want to listen to conversations oftentimes you'll find the name of the guest or the person I've invited on the podcast in the title itself so there are many different types of episodes there's a little something for everybody I even have fun episodes that I do during the summer and the holidays so if you're looking for something that's a little bit lighter more of a break you can find those episodes as well so lots of different types of content That's what happens when you start out doing something like a podcast and you do it for many years. Sometimes you'll find that it evolves, it changes, you try different things. And I'm now well over 400 episodes, 450 episodes. Today, 457. So there's a lot of different ways you can approach moving forward. And so find the episodes that really speak to you, that will inspire you, that will teach you, that will entertain you. All right, today I'm going to talk a little bit about writing. And uh, this is in part in anticipation of the fact that I'm going to be teaching the third session of my writing course. I taught two last fall on writing your first book and self-publishing it. 
And I'm excited to be uh, invited back by Johns Hopkins through their Odyssey program to be teaching it again. I'll be teaching a spring session starting at the end of March. It'll be March 28th. It'll start 6 p.m. Eastern time and run every Thursday from 6 to 8. So it'll be a two-hour class. And uh, I've had a lot of fun teaching this class uh, last year and really great group of students in both sessions. Lots of aspiring authors and authors who are working on their first book. And maybe that's something you want to do this year. Maybe that's one of your big goals is that you want to write your first book where you've written that manuscript and now you're at the point where you want to look at your publishing options. Now, there are many ways you can go about it. I do cover a little bit of traditional publishing in the class and the difference between that and self-publishing. The focus, though, of my class is on the self-publishing process. So if you want to learn more about that, do check out the capsule summary and the show notes uh, in most of the podcast players, Apple, Spotify, you'll find a link to the course if you want to check it out. Uh, Because it is through Johns Hopkins, anyone who's affiliated with Hopkins, if you're an alum, if you're an employee, you do get a discount if you are affiliated with Hopkins. However, you do not have to be with Hopkins to take the course. So this course is open to everyone. It's just that if you are affiliated with Hopkins, uh, you will get a discount. But the the course is very reasonably priced, uh, at least in my opinion, for the amount that you will learn. And really, it's the A to Z process that I go through on writing a book. So I want to share a little bit of that because I know that with a lot of my listeners and maybe some of you who are new, you're interested in doing more writing, whether it's writing a book, whether it's short stories, whether it's journaling, or just improving on your writing skills because writing is such a part of so many of our occupations, whether you're doing reports or emails, sharpening those writing skills or keeping those writing skills sharp is really an important part of your weekly skills exercise. So let's talk about that, and I want to talk a little bit about a habit that is ingrained in so many of us. I had this habit ingrained in me, especially having gone through college and then especially into law school, and that is editing while you write your first draft. And it's something that I will liken to if you have to do a task and you just spend all of your time cleaning your desk or cleaning your room before you get to the task, whether it's writing or anything else. It's the ultimate distraction. I think of editing while you write in the same vein. And it's something that is important. Editing is an important skill. Obviously, uh, taking something that you've written and put your ideas down and shaping it, crafting it so that you can convey it clearly, concisely, and in a way that is persuasive. I think what happens, though, is that as you go through school or as you go through the formalities of your career, oftentimes we tend to blend the writing and the editing skills. It becomes second nature. And in fact, most of the time when we're writing in our day-to-day, we're doing a lot of short form. Think of emails, text messages, in which case you're not really separating the editing process and many times you don't have time to or it doesn't make sense to. So what you're doing is that you are thinking about what you want to say and editing as you write. So you start writing, you notice a typo, you immediately correct it. And because we're working on uh, the most logically and ergonomically designed keyboards on our laptops uh, and 
uh, whether it's uh, or tablets or phones. Keyboards are designed such that you have easy access to all of your editing keys, such as the delete key, your backspace key, your space bar, all of that stuff. So it's very easy for us to get into the habit, and it's a habit that many of us have of editing while you write. But the problem is when you get to long-form writing, when you get to, say, writing a journal, writing a short story, and especially writing a book, that habit carries over. And it's one that doesn't serve you well, in my opinion, when it comes to writing the first draft of your book. And if you've listened to prior episodes, I've talked about this before, but it's one I wanted to bring up again because I think it's something that I've run across a lot with the students that I've taught and including with uh, people that I've coached because I have coached people on writing as well, is this idea of editing while you're writing your first draft. And again, that is a natural habit that many of us build up, but there are a couple of major issues that come up with this. If you are editing while you write, first of all, I think of writing and editing as two parts of your brain. If you think of, say, the creative part of your brain, which I think is the the what they call the right side of your brain, that's really what you need to tap into to get the ideas out with your first draft. And your first draft can be on paper, it could be on your uh, keyboard, it could be by voice. So there are many ways you could do a first draft, uh, but that is really your right brain. That's you getting the ideas out as they're coming into your head and getting them on paper for the first time. The editing more is more about your left brain. It's about thinking about the phraseology, thinking about the syntax, the grammar, but it's also about the structure. Editing serves two purposes. Number one, it's really to clean up those rough ideas, the rough draft of those ideas, your first iteration. But it's also to help you put structure on your writing so that what you are trying to convey is done so in a manner that is clear, concise, and uh, and persuasive to the reader. Editing while you write is fine in the case of a two-line email or a text message or a very short piece of writing where you don't really have a lot of time or it's all about just making efficient use of your time. It's not necessarily important to go through a drafting process, although I do think it can serve you well, and I'll talk a little bit about that later. Uh, but editing while you write when it comes to your long-form writing has a couple of traps with it. Number one, I think it inhibits your flow. You don't think your thoughts in an edited manner. And if you think about, if your brain were to just type out your thoughts on a subject, it would look very random. It would it would not be grammatically correct. There'd be tangents all over the place. That's just the nature of our brains. So when you're getting the ideas out for the first time, you really want to be uninhibited. You want to get the ideas out, even ones that sound nonsensical. And so I believe if you're trying to use the editing part of your brain, it's going to inhibit the flow of creativity of those ideas because you're so focused on getting the syntax correct and correcting those typos and building the structure. The problem is you don't know what you're building structure on. Okay? So the creativity gets stymied. The other thing that editing does is it prevents you from making progress. 
the whole idea, and I, I, I teach this in my writing class, and I, I will say this here, the goal of your first draft is simply to get it done. It is not to produce the final draft. If you go into your first draft with a final draft mindset, you're going to take a lot longer to get it done. Okay, And while it sounds like it's a, 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 a fruitful way to go about it, you may think it's even more efficient, there's some major problems with doing this. If you are so focused on getting the final polished version as you're writing your first draft, it does two things. Number one, as I talked about, it inhibits your creativity. And let me explain that. Some of the ideas that you have may not fit with the structure you're putting on the idea you just put out. So maybe you have a random idea. It doesn't quite go in the place where you just typed out a particular thought, but you're so busy building the structure, so maybe you don't put that idea down. And that idea where, while it might not be fully formed, it might not be in the right place, might be an important part of the final piece, what you're trying to convey. And so that's where you're inhibiting the the free flow of ideas. In terms of your efficiency, I have found that editing while I write does not make me a better writer. Sure, I'm producing a first draft that might be more grammatically correct than uh, I would if I didn't edit, but it's not necessarily the piece that conveys what I want to convey. And in fact... You'll, you'll find that it, it can sometimes come off very sterile or dry simply because I've put more time into editing than getting the ideas out. There's a time and a place for editing, and I don't believe it's in your first draft. And the other big hurdle, and this also goes to your progress, is that editing ties you down. If you're putting so much structure on your first iteration of the ideas, if you end up going back to it later, you don't leave yourself a lot of room. Oftentimes you will find yourself kind of stuck and trying to get the additional ideas out will be more of a struggle because you've already put shape and structure. And in fact, if you're going to work with a professional editor, something I've talked about on prior episodes and I do cover this in class, having too much polish on that first draft without having gone through the process of adding more ideas may make it harder for you to take the notes of an editor, all right? So I'm a firm believer, and I hopefully I've made a, at least a compelling, if not a thought-provoking argument for why you should not edit while you write your first draft. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to talk about some ways you can overcome this habit that will lead you to more progress and to better writing. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, as you know, I try to provide as much helpful information as I can for free on this podcast, covering different topics and areas. But if you need more personalized assistance with starting a business on Poshmark, writing a book, or launching a podcast, I now offer coaching through the Clarity platform where you can book a call with me. To learn more, head over to bemovingforward.com and click book a coaching call at the top. You can also find a quick link within my link tree, which is in the show notes for this episode. Whether it's a quick five-minute pick-your-brain call or a 50-minute deep dive into your goals, let's connect so you can start moving forward today. 
All right, we're back and we're talking about writing, in particular long form writing and why you should not edit while you write. So I've talked about that in the first half, so let's talk about some ways you can unlearn this habit. It's really hard to break. And in fact, I've had a number of students in my classes have, who have told me that it's, I give them exercises to do, and I'll talk about some of the ones that you can do if you want to break this habit. But sometimes they tell me it is a very difficult habit to break, and I've had some students come back to me and say, wow, it was really hard for me to do that. And that's what you're going to find. If you try to unlearn a habit that's been with you for so many years, it's very difficult at first. Just like if you were to train for a marathon and you haven't run in a while, the first half mile or mile that you run, you're going to feel exhausted and you're going to feel that cramp. And so you got to start unlearning that habit and building better ones. So one device that I use is, uh, well, first of all, let's talk about the philosophy. The philosophy of this as I mentioned at the, t- at the first half of the episode, the goal with your first draft is to get it done. And to get your first draft done and to do so in a way that gets the ideas out and, it, and encourages the flow and the creativity, I'm a big proponent of what's called the sloppy first draft. In other words, your first draft is simply you getting the ideas out. Every idea you have on that topic, you're going to want to get it out on paper whether you're handwriting it, typing it out, or using voice. And in fact, there's a particular advantage that you might find in using voice or using handwriting over typing things out. And I'll get to that in in just a minute. But the whole idea with the sloppy first draft is that it is simply you throwing the paint on the canvas or taking a lump of clay if you're sculpting and putting it on the wheel. It's not in its final form, and you're not going to be worried about the fine details. So if you were to sculpt, if you've ever taken a sculpture class and you get that lump of clay, you're not going to be worrying about the the fine details, say the, the patterns, the etchings, because the thing doesn't have a shape yet. Similarly, if you're painting, maybe, you know, you you're not going to work on the shading and the fine details until you have the general shapes, until you have the ideas out. So think of this as that sloppy first draft. Now, the sloppy first draft has a couple of purposes. Number one, to get your ideas out. Number two, it's your eyes only. It's simply for you to get your ideas out. It is not meant to be read by anyone else. And that's where we kind of get into our heads with editing while we write because we're writing as if someone else is going to be reading it and grading it, whether it's an external pair of eyes or our own. And we're simply not at that stage yet. So try as much as possible to start with the foundation. I am simply sitting down in front of my keyboard and getting the ideas out. And as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, one of the reasons why using a unorthodox method like recording your voice to talk out a first draft or even using handwriting is that it is harder to edit. If you talk out your ideas, it's almost as if you're taking a literal translation of what's coming into your head about a topic and you're talking it out. And when you talk, unless you're giving a prepared speech, you're not talking with perfect syntax or grammar or even structure. Sometimes the ideas are just coming out. Think about free-flowing conversations you have with your friends or colleagues. Uh, So that's one of the advantages of maybe using an unorthodox style. But you can also build the habit or unlearn the habit of editing while you write when it comes to typing. And 
uh, it's taken me a while and having written five books now, I've gotten to the point where I'm much better at the sloppy first draft. So what can I do to encourage the sloppy first draft as a new writer? Well, there are a couple things. Now, what I do in the class is I actually give a writing assignment. It's called a writing prompt. And basically what I do is I give an idea or a concept and basically say, go to town on it. Write something that comes to mind with it. Make up a story if you want. And then what I do is I basically add rules to that. One of the rules being is that you can't edit. You can't use those edit keys like the arrow keys or the delete key or the space key. And that sometimes, you know, the first time someone hears that, it kind of throws a wrench in the whole thing and they don't know what to do. And I, I kind of had to go through this myself. But the more you're able to avoid hitting those keys while you write your first draft, the more you're going to be able to let go of that editing while you're right now. The first time you do this, it's really hard. It's very difficult. So I don't recommend you try this with your actual book. If you're not used to this process of the sloppy first draft, you could do something called a writing prompt. And a writing prompt can be an idea or it could even be a sentence fragment. And what I do is I usually use a sentence fragment. I'll give them uh, my students uh, a word or a phrase and say, start with this and then just like a jazz musician, just kind of riff off of it, you know, come up with whatever notes come into your head, write them down with the rules that you can't edit while you write. And the whole point of the writing prompt is it's like training for that marathon and doing so in a way where you're not inhibiting your creative flow. And so that's one of the devices I use. The other way I do this, and I do this with my coaching clients, is that sometimes when they have a lot of trouble letting go of that editing while you write habit, I might not start with a long form piece like a writing prompt. And usually what I'll do is I'll assign 15 to 20 minutes, write for 15 to 20 minutes using this prompt. I've also come up with something called a writing sprint in which basically it's just a shorter form of a writing prompt in which instead of having 15 to 20 minutes, I'll give you maybe my uh, coaching client, maybe a list of five or 10, and they only have 60 seconds to go through and write a sentence or thought. And the idea is, is that you don't have enough time to edit, so just get the ideas out. And sometimes I'll use that if a writing prompt proves to be more difficult to break that habit. The other thing you could do is you can, I, you know, you could do things like you can put a sticky note or a piece of colored tape on your delete keys or your backspace keys so that you, you don't accidentally hit them while you're writing because that is an ingrained habit too. And I will tell you to this day, sometimes I find myself unconsciously without even thinking about it, hitting the delete key and just correcting a typo. I try to let go about of that as much as possible because and I know this is going to sound uncomfortable, but the sloppy first draft requires you to just get the ideas out. Sometimes not even in complete sentences. It could be a couple of words. Sometimes they could be spelled really horribly and, and you're just going to move on. You know that it's not spelled correctly and it, it would just take you a couple of seconds to go back and fix it. And of course, with word processors, they're designed to pick out typos and grammar errors. So you see those red squiggly lines and you're just so tempted to go back and just correct it. But the problem is, if you do that, again, you're spending as much, if not more time editing than getting the ideas out. So the writing sprint and the writing prompts are two devices that I use. 
You can also use specific mechanical devices. I know that uh, I have uh, something called an Alpha Smart, which is a, just like a keyboard with a couple of lines of text and a screen. And that was actually used as a uh, teaching device in the early 2000s to teach uh, grade school kids how to type. And the nice thing about it is that it's actually pretty hard to edit on it. It's not an easy editing device because it's not really meant to be editing. It, it was a, uh, a typing uh, teaching tool, but it also works great as a sloppy first draft tool, as I've discovered. There are others. There's one called the FreeWrite, which is more expensive, and that one has the same principle where they've designed it so that it's really designed for first drafts but it's very difficult to edit. And there are other devices on the market. You don't have to get a device for this. You can use your computer or whatever you normally use, maybe your tablet and keyboard, uh, but you wanna get into the habit of not hitting the delete or backspace or arrow keys. Now, it's gonna take time to do that, and that's why I recommend doing things like writing prompts or writing sprints, because the first time you do this, you're naturally gonna go back because it's second nature to do so to correct those errors and typos. But as much as possible, you want to get away from that. And as you improve, as you start to unlearn that habit, you will find that this is going to benefit you greatly in getting a first draft done. So nowadays, that's kind of how I approach first drafts, whether of books, uh, important messages, even email sometimes I'll do with the drafting process. Not so much with a one or two sentence email, but if it's an important email, I will go through some form of drafting process where I'll just get the ideas out and then go back and correct and edit. Editing does have a place. I don't want to discount that. Editing has a really important role in your writing. It just should come much later. Once you finish the sloppy first draft, that's when you can go back and start using that part of your brain that wants to edit. I know it's like a bad itch when you're writing something and it just looks so sloppy and horrible. Your inclination is I want to go back and edit, but I have found I am much more productive and creative if I go sloppy first draft, then edit. And in fact, I find it easier later on to put structure around something when I have all the ideas out. Whereas if I'm editing while I write, it's much harder to add any additional ideas later. All right, so that's this week's tip. And I will, what I will do is in the newsletter, and remember the newsletter comes out on Friday, I will have some writing prompts and writing sprints for those of you who want to practice writing, whether or not you're writing a book, this might be a fun exercise for you to try. And those of you who want to learn more about writing a book, remember my next class starts March 28th, that's Thursday. It's gonna be six to 8 p.m. Eastern time. It's gonna run every Thursday for six weeks. You'll find the link to that in the newsletter, but it'll also be in the capsule summaries and the show notes, uh, which are available on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening to this podcast. All right, or you can head over to bemovingforward.com and you will find the link tree and the registration for the course should be right at the very top. Have a great weekend and I'll be back next week. For more information, head over to bemovingforward.com. The views expressed by any featured guests are not necessarily those of the host, the program, or affiliates. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and BeMovingForward.com. All rights reserved.